Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we are going over our third week in our essential Jesus readings in scripture. We have previews of a savior, lots of Old Testament readings, uh, one whole book from the Minor Prophets in the book of Jonah. And if you're anything like me, I'm gonna guess that you probably have some questions about how does this point to Jesus? Well, I'm glad you've joined us because that's what we're gonna be talking about today. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Marie Burns. I'm Becky Clark. So join us as we answer some of those questions and we go deeper. Welcome back, season four, episode three. Here we go. I'll remind you that we still have the punch cards if you're looking to keep along in an analog sense. Uh, they are very helpful. The For E100, we had a lot of people that really liked having these. Um, even some people that I thought might not find them useful that maybe would just do like the, what I'm doing, the version Bible app, uh, but they followed along with their punch cards. So we have these available at the church. Uh, you Something very also, satisfying to punch the little spot out. If you like to accomplish things. <laughs> there you go. This is for you. The punch card is for you. It's for you. Because <laughs> you finish your reading for the day and you punch that little number out and yes. It's like a check mark. Exactly. On a to-do yes. list. Uh -huh. Those yep. are good things. Or, or hearkening back to grade school time when you would get the sticker on your name and you'd get five oh, stickers and then right. you'd get a prize from the toy, toy box or whatever. We don't have a toy box and we don't have a treasure chest, no prizes other than... Now we should. We should. Okay. But your, we your prize <laughs> is you know that you have read the Word of God and that's good for you. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, but so, we may start giving out prizes. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> right. It, prizes are fun. Yes. All right. But we, we kick off this week with uh, Exodus mm -hmm. 12. The, the name of this week in our, if you're following along on your punch cards <coughs> in the handy dandy little guide, is previews of a savior. Uh -huh. And. A lot of it, I'm going to admit, as I'm reading through some of this, I start to think, okay, I know there's Jesus in here, uh huh, but sometimes yep. you got to dig for it a little bit. A little bit. Um, I actually wrote on the list of who's doing which podcast, I wrote mine and Becky's names on there. I didn't even consult Becky. I just put her <laughs> name there because as I was going through this, this is the perfect week that they should have had. No offense to the people who did this. You've done a fabulous job. However, there's a deep-seated love for the book of Leviticus. In and neither of them had I Leviticus. Know. Come on, people. It's not that scary of a book. It's not. It's so good. If, if you want to learn how not scary of a book Leviticus is, uh -huh. listeners out there, we can put a link to the study that we did. Oh, I, so I long we, ago. It's been a while. It's probably the roughest one. It's the first one we did. So yeah. excuse all the quality issues with it. But the, the content, content, the content <laughs> was really, really good. Uh, I had yeah. very little part in this, uh, in that one. It really was all 
Marie and Becky. It mm-hmm. was all y'all mm-hmm. that, you know, dug through and <laughs> yes, sifted <it> <laughs> through commentary after commentary mm-hmm. after commentary. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to agree with Marie on this one is that it, if you really want to get mm-hmm. a good preview of a savior, man, mm-hmm. you go to Leviticus and you start looking up the day of atonement stuff. Exactly. So it fits well here because your first reading of the week is Exodus 12, one through 30. And that's talking about the very first Passover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Becky, yes, you taught that day that we did day of atonement in Leviticus. Let's talk about this Exodus passage passage, but in light of Day of Atonement, like how we got from Exodus to that day and just all that it means as we're pointing to a Savior. Sure. So um, really, we do need to talk about the the Exodus passage Mm -hmm. first and because they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So the sacrifice of the Passover, the 10th plague that happens in Egypt so that the people of God can be um, released to leave, to go to the promised land, um, is uh, is a foreshadowing of Christ. Mm-hmm. Leviticus is in chapter 16, which is the day of the atonement, mm-hmm. is also a foreshadowing mm-hmm. of, of Christ. And they work in... Um, in conjunction with each other. So in Exodus, the the whole story is about how to prepare and how to have the Passover. Mm -hmm. And it's the whole point, right? Of um, God has said, there's going to be this final plague that's going to happen. And the plague that's going to happen is going to be the firstborn of every person and animal in Egypt is going to die except for the people of God and what's, I don't think it's in chapter uh, 12 of Exodus, but later on, I think it says it somewhere in Deuteronomy or numbers. It's not just Israelites. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is also Egyptians who have come to know and accept um, the God of the Israelites. Mm -hmm. So there is, you know, when we talk about in the, in the old Testament, the people of God, there are also people who are not under that umbrella mm-hmm. who are what we would use more in the new Testament as Gentiles. We'll just yeah. use call them that. Mm-hmm. Um, but have Rahab is a great example. And I think we yes. talked about Rahab yes. maybe last mm-hmm. week. Um, Rahab is a great example of someone who is not in that umbrella, but comes to know and accept and, and want to follow. So right. there really is more than the um, Israelites. There are other people, but that's the protection of um, knowing which house is not going to be marked mm-hmm. and a loss is not going to happen. And right. they use a lamb, um, a, a unmarked one-year-old lamb mm-hmm. uh, as the sacrifice. And the, the really interesting thing about the Exodus passage is that it is the family that participates together. Mm-hmm. And then if there's someone who falls outside of the family, uh, there is provision to bring people in as well Mm -hmm. to partake. And the sacrifice happens, the blood is put on the doors, the blood is blood in scripture is a sacred thing. Life source. Mm -hmm. That's right, it's Mm -hmm. a life source, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it is used in tons of rituals. Mm -hmm. And for here, the life source is what marks the house. Right. And and you're not supposed to eat the life source. You don't partake of the life source. That's said in Leviticus kind of earlier in. Um, 
But we see this lamb that is sacrificed so that the people of God can be protected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I have a a question that y'all may or may not know. I know that we've talked a lot about in in conversations away from this table, Mm -hmm. uh, shepherding and shepherds recently. Uh Uh-huh. And as I was looking at uh, one of the pictures that I took when we were in Israel Mm -hmm. of a flock of sheep and goats, um, there were some of the sheep in the flocks had a mark on the back of them. Like they were put there by the shepherd for mm-hmm. one reason or another. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about being a shepherd to know, okay, why do they put a mark on the sheep? Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if if there's a practical thing about the mark that they put on the sheep and then in here it's saying the, the lamb that you pick should not have a mark on it, a blemish or whatever. So... Maybe somebody who's listening can shed some light on this. Uh, But I I just thought it was interesting, you know, because you're talking about a lamb who is without blemish. You know, it's very specific Mm -hmm. what lamb you choose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't don't have an answer, but I want an answer. Well, and going (laughs) along, that's a good question. I hope somebody answers it for us. Going along with the idea of the lamb, um, the other thing that we learned about in that study and learning about sheep and goats and all that kind of stuff was um, the people of God start off very early as pastoralist. Mm -hmm. So they are, and that means that they are are people who are moving mixed flocks around. That's Mm -hmm. what you do in that area. And we've got Aaron, I mean, not Aaron, uh, Abraham is a pastoralist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we have Moses as a pastoralist before he is called to lead the people. Right. David is a pastoralist. Mm-hmm. Um, and sheep and goats is what they had the most of. Mm-hmm. And so lamb makes sense as something that is chosen. In fact, the Egyptians, as we learned, really were not big fans of being pastoralist. They they made the Israelites take care of the sheep and the goats and the mm-hmm. things like that. They, did, they didn't like to do that. But to the um, Israelites, these are pretty important animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to sacrifice one is a really, really huge deal. Right. And the Israelites didn't have a lot anyway. So yeah. to probably for them to find yes. a one-year-old lamb Mm-hmm. without blemish, which means that it is worth more, mm-hmm. a ton more, and to sacrifice it mm-hmm. is a lot to ask yeah. for the people of God. God is asking a lot of his people to trust him. Mm-hmm. And not, and specifically a male animal, mm-hmm. because the males were even more valuable because... They keep the flock going. They, they keep, keep the, the flock, flock going. going. That's right. That's right. So um, so the, the Passover sacrifice is really important. And it obviously, you can hear the echo or the echo that will um, move forward to, to Jesus as the sacrificed lamb, mm-hmm. right? And he is sacrificed um, at Passover mm-hmm. because right. the the disciples, he and the disciples are celebrating Passover. In, yes. in chapter 12 of Exodus, God tells the people, you need to do this every year. 
mm-hmm. and remembrance of me and what I have done um, and what I am going to do. Mm-hmm. So this echo happens every year and it's one of the high days of the people of God. And right. it's supposed to be a very joyous day because yeah. mm-hmm. um, it says somewhere in chapter 12, I think towards the end, you eat your fill. Yes. You eat until you are full, full to kind of like bursting. And if you have ever celebrated the Passover um, now, which I highly suggest people try, Mm -hmm. you can, you can do it um, in a Christian household um, and we can hook you up with that information, but you're supposed to eat till you're like overly full right. and you, it's supposed to be this celebratory thing because it's what God did to deliver his right. people. This was a great way to pass that knowledge down through the generations of right. what Christ, what God did for them uh, coming out of Egypt. Right. And so, um, and, and yes, the telling of the story every year, yes. telling of the story of the sacrifice um, that the people made and the, and the loss that the Egyptians mm-hmm. yeah. felt so that the people could be released to move to the promised land, continuing in the promise that God has mm-hmm. always had for them, mm-hmm. right? Um, okay, so we've talked about... Exodus. So now let's jump to the Leviticus atonement because, and we don't read that passage in our Jesus reading, but that is Leviticus chapter 16. And so I encourage, if you're listening to this, after you listen to it, go read Mm -hmm. the whole chapter of, of Leviticus 16, the day of atonement. Not real long. No, it's not real long. It is, um, if you watch the, Le- the Leviticus studies that we do, one of the things I say in that, that day is, um, this is the hinge chapter in the mm-hmm. book of Leviticus before mm-hmm. we're learning about the sacrificial system. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we move into um, kind of mm-hmm. the, the holiness code, right? Yes. Kind of in the second yes. part of the book, you taught more of that, Marie, um, than I think I did. But this is the hinge chapter that Leviticus kind of leads up to. This is right. why you need to know about the sacrificial system. This is why you need to understand uh, the purification before the sacrificial system can really happen. The sacrificial system was for the atonement of the people's sins mm-hmm. because there there had to be a way for them to continue to be, to, to fill that gap that happens when sin happens. Mm-hmm. So the sacrificial system was imperfect, because right. you had to keep doing it, right? Um, and but it is the it is what God puts in place as a starting point for the ultimate sacrifice, right. which is Christ. But and and which is the perfect sacrifice. So here we are in the Day of Atonement, and in the Day of Atonement, the high priest has a huge role, and so do two goats that mm-hmm. get picked. So in we have a, a lamb. Yeah. in Exodus that is sacrificed. And now we have some goats. Mm-hmm. Yep. So lambs and goats, yep. really, really important for the people of God. Two goats are chosen and the um, high priest only on the day of atonement, this is one time a year, enters into the Holy of Holies. And if you understand the temple, the way the temple works, it's broken up into three spaces. And you've got the open um, space where the people bring their sacrifices Mm -hmm. and where the priest meets them and they atone for their sins more regularly, doves and lambs and all kinds of animals are brought, Mm -hmm. depending on what your 
sacrifice needed to be sacrifice and offerings and mm-hmm. offerings. So there's bread and incense and yes. oils and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, read earlier in Leviticus for that. Then there's the holy place, and that is where priests come in and where the incense is, where the showbread is, and the idea that um, life, really, life, that's that's what's represented in the holy place. And the most holy place is where the mercy seat, mercy seat sits, where the Ark of the Covenant, where the presence of God dwells. And because it is the presence of God, and God is holy in the temple, unholiness, sin cannot enter. Right. Mm-hmm. So the high priest goes in one time of year and he makes atonement for the whole community of the people of God. Mm-hmm. He has lots of preparation that has to happen. He's got to do it very carefully. You hear in the New Testament that they like tie a rope around the guy because if he does it wrong, he may die in the most holy of places and they have to pull him out. We don't have so. any indication that that would have ever actually happened, but... I can see why you have a good, strong, healthy fear because yeah. you're standing in the presence of God. Well, right? and, and I think it's important for us to specify that we live in a post-resurrection reality uh-huh. where we do in fact have the once for all sacrifice we of do. Jesus that allows us to, as unworthy and dirty as we are, be in the presence of God without being immediately struck down. <clears throat> right? Yes, which is why in my way of thinking, you have this most holy place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where it's not that we can find God to this place. Mm -hmm. It is that God in his love and care for us can find his presence to that place Mm -hmm. so that he could be near to us, Mm -hmm. but there needed to be that separation right? because there wasn't the perpetual once for all atonement. That's right. Right. That's and right. We, we talk about later in the in your readings this week in First Kings that is mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. dedication of the temple and God's presence fills it and it's so dense the priests can't even go in there and do what they need mm-hmm. to do and they have to come out and it's just God with us. God is there in the temple and we can talk about it more later but that is like a direct finger point to, to Jesus right. and, mm-hmm. and there's so much there but I think I felt like when we were doing Leviticus and we we've talked often about how we were wondering what in the world have we gotten ourselves into? This is so, (laughs) so difficult to Mm -hmm. understand. Uh But the reason I wanted us to talk about this is because I have a deeper, greater understanding for Christ's sacrifice Mm -hmm. because of that book. And particularly, I mean, before chapter 16 and you're getting all of the what's clean, what's not clean, mm-hmm. how do you do the sacrifices, all yeah. that stuff, it, you can get bogged down in it. But if you will allow yourself to just move through it mm-hmm. and read it for what it is, boy, I'm glad we don't have to do this stuff now. And yeah. and I just, you you just get, gain a, I at least gained a deeper appreciation mm-hmm. for what Christ Christ did for me and what it means. Yeah. And so that's what I really wanted us to get to Day of Atonement because that mm-hmm. is a direct preview of the Savior. Right. And because our first reading in Exodus, they mm-hmm. again, they go hand in hand. So you've got the sacrifice lamb and in the Day of Atonement, the whole point is you sacrifice one lamb mm-hmm. for the 
the sins of the people of God. This is a very communal day, just like the Passover is. It's a very Mm -hmm. communal day. The difference between the Passover and Atonement Day is the Day of Atonement is supposed to be an extremely solemn day. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be such a day of reflection Mm -hmm. of your sins, Mm -hmm. such a day of repentance for you because you are supposed to essentially bring the sins, your sins, and the whole community brings their sins to the temple on the Day of Atonement. Your understanding of your uh, your wretchedness, your Mm -hmm. understanding of how your sin has separated separated from you, you from God and made you unclean and and that you can't approach a clean God, right? Who is good and faithful because you have been unfaithful and you have chosen selfishness. And so the day of atonement is this quiet, solemn day. The day of Passover is this celebratory day. Mm-hmm. And the day of atonement, you the one goat is sacrificed. The blood is brought to the mercy seat. It is scattered. You see the echoes? Mm-hmm. Passover, the blood is is scattered. Um, Day of Atonement, the blood is is posted on the mercy seat. So the, the, the poles that kind of hold the Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. that's where the blood is supposed to be placed by the, um, the high priest. And then it's supposed to be brought out and sprinkled upon the people. Mm-hmm. And then they take the second goat. The second goat is not sacrificed sacrificed in the same way. Basically, the second goat, the high priest lays the hands, both hands upon the second goat. And there's this idea, which it's this kind of mysterious, but beautiful idea that through that laying of hands, through that prayer, and probably in the book of Psalms, there's probably some Psalms that they said and recited and sang mm-hmm. during this day, but you transfer the sins of the people onto this goat. And this goat's life now takes the sins of all the people mm-hmm. and it has to atone for the sins of all the people. Mm-hmm. And so once this kind of ritual is done, there is a person who then takes that goat and walks them out into the wilderness mm-hmm. and leaves them. Yep. So the sacrifice of the loss of a life of one goat and the sacrifice of the, the casting out mm-hmm. of another goat is this beautiful picture of what Christ does with our sin, that he sacrificed his life for us, then that he took all of the sins upon his shoulders and he was separated from the people of God. Mm -hmm. I think that there probably is, there's nothing more devastating than being separated from the community. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with the goat that is sent out into the wilderness to die alone for our sins, for the people's sins. Mm -hmm. So you can't read Exodus 12 without then reading Leviticus 16, Mm -hmm. especially if we're Mm -hmm. in a a reading program that's talking about how essential Jesus is. I agree. And the thing that I really want people to, to know more about and to understand is that while the Old Testament is sometimes hard to read, for lots of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Jesus is all over it. Yes. All over it. And if we, we have the advantage Mm -hmm. of being on the other side of Jesus, Uh right? Obviously the the people of God at this point in Exodus and Leviticus, they don't, they, Mm -hmm. they don't, 
they don't know how it's all fitting together. All the puzzle pieces are fitting together right. that God has is moving. And man, he, that must be like a 8,000 piece puzzle that I could never do that he is, he right. is putting together, <laughs> right? right? Um, but we have the advantage of being able to go through the Old Testament mm-hmm. and see there's Jesus. There's Jesus. Yes. There's the echo of Jesus. Yes. There's why... The atonement, the people of God at the time had to practice the atonement because when we get to Jesus, Mm -hmm. the crowd who believed that Jesus was the Messiah Mm -hmm. have been practicing the atonement their whole lives. Mm -hmm. And they look at Jesus on the cross and you know they had to go, wait, that's the atonement. Mm -hmm. He is the final and complete. We are doing the atonement. Yeah. Right now yeah yes and we're doing the passover right now everything that we have been um learned we have learned about our whole lives and have practiced comes to this beautiful culmination yeah and we don't have to do those things anymore Mm -hmm. Mm, it's so good it's so good and i was just devastated when i went through the reading i was like it's still not there this is just i know yeah, this book yeah, is hard let's, but let's it's check again key. is it nope nope nope, nope. It's not there. No. i mean they did better this time because there's yeah. like some passages and numbers which we read this week yes yeah. there's well, some really unusual one right <laughs> there's some of the other um uh, prophets that that we read that we didn't read and the the first one they do good but why? Mm-hmm. Come on, get in Leviticus. We're not going to go deep into num- into the numbers passage yeah. though, because that's uh, that's the sermon mm-hmm. that goes with this. Oh week. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we we don't want to revisit yeah. it in any way. Right. You, you guys got all the info. There are other choices of Exodus and First Kings I, I love because they you you've got mm-hmm. manna from heaven mm-hmm. the the bread of life, Jesus, which Jesus says, which I think it's interesting that right before Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He actually, a few sentences before chastises them for their grumbling, which what is said about the Israelites (laughs) time after time, after time in the old Testament, you grumbling. Oh, they got tired of that manna real quick. They They were so mad. They grumbled against Moses. They grumbled against God. They grumbled about the manna. They grumbled about the quail. They grumbled. And so Jesus is like, you're grumbling. And on and on, like three sentences later, he talks about the bread of life. So I just love that those two Mm -hmm. Old Testament nods are there together. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that it was intentional, but I... It's Jesus, so it was probably intentional. So we've got the bread of life, bread coming down from heaven. Jesus Mm -hmm. is coming down from heaven. Mm -hmm. And then with the first Kings passage and the temple dedication, so obvious that that is obviously pointing to Jesus because he became that in the flesh. Mm -hmm. He tabernacled, is that word, with us. But then also you get his when he's talking about this, tear this building down and in three days, mm-hmm. I will raise it back up. Yeah. And, uh, and now we are a temple of sorts. And so I, I love the passages they chose this week. I'll admit when I got to numbers, I was like, okay, I'm gonna need a little help on this one yeah. as to so, how this fits. <laughs> so aren't we glad that, uh, so this, this time, uh, different than the last season, right. uh, You've heard the message that Doug has preached. We haven't yes. yet because we're recording this before. Right. Obviously, we've heard it. Ah, you told him the secrets. <laughs> oh, I told him the secrets last week. Don't worry. Uh, but but yeah, the numbers passage is one that it's that's a head scratcher. 
So there's a there's a direct <laughs> there is a direct reference in the New Testament. Would you like it? Yeah, John, oh, sure. John yeah. chapter three, mm-hmm. fourteen and fifteen. Okay, uh, oh, so you you didn't. Okay, John <coughs> chapter three. Uh huh. John chapter three. Uh huh. Go to verse fourteen. Okay. You want to read it out loud? <laughs> okay. We read it we out loud. Read it out loud. <laughs> As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Ta-da. So that whoever believes will will in him have eternal life. So that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. Right. We don't talk like that and <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So this is a short version. I won't say any more about it than that yeah. since we just heard it, but there you go. Yeah. Okay. So that, that helps a little <laughs> that bit. That helps a little bit. It's still odd. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely an odd passage. Well, so right before they had like just directly oh, challenged yeah. God mm-hmm. and then they got bit by poisonous snakes. Yeah. There is a mm-hmm. lot of God stuff that the people of God in the wilderness as, as a reader now, and I'm like, don't do that. Don't do, ooh, that happened to you. It's like you watching the, like, mm. the scary movie. Don't go in that room. Don't, don't go, go in, in that room. room. And they go exactly in that room or whatever. You know, it's like when they, at last week's reading, I think when we talked about, that's what Tripp and I talked about. Why did all those people have to die after the the, the, the Levites, Levites go and like cut down all the people? And yeah. then he sends a plague too, right? And you're yeah. like, oh man, that didn't have to happen. <laughs> and the grumbling and all that kind of stuff. And here's the snake. And you're like, oh, yeah. come on, y'all. He's really kind of thinning it out before. Uh-huh. You know? I mean, they weren't going to make it to the promised land anyway. Yeah. That generation wasn't no. going to make it to the promised land. So no. I guess they were thinning it out a bit. A we really digress, but yeah. So so let's jump ahead real quick. Um, we're, we're, we're done with the Exodus stuff uh-huh. and Kings and all that stuff and Numbers got that. So we go into Jonah. Correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. What? Sorry, Jonah. Sorry, we were Jonah. We Jonah, all, Jonah, all Jonah. four chapters. Let me get all the way to Jonah. Okay, okay Jonah. So uh, at first I was fits. wondering. No. Okay. At first I was wondering, why do we have to read all four chapters of Jonah. It's a short book. It doesn't mm-hmm. take long to read it. No. no. Um, I'm going to have to check the table of contents. And then I get to the end of the Jonah. book, and then it's like, that's why. Yes. Because if you don't read all of it going up, it's like you've, if you only jump into the the last three minutes of any Saved by the Bell episode, dating mm-hmm. myself here, then you don't know what happened, and so you see the happy little happy ending. Right. But you don't know the conflict that happened beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so... Saved by the bell. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's been saved by the bell. I don't Just know. Full House, out. whatever. Family Matters. <laughs> any show that All really... All good sitcoms. That, you know, date us terribly for growing up in the 90s. Whatever. I'm younger. Yes, you are. Uh, but I love what God says to Jonah at the end of this, where he says that Jonah didn't have anything to do with the plant growing. He didn't have anything to do with taking care of it. Mm-hmm. God chose to do it. Yep. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's kind of our, our, our real nod or point towards Jesus in mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. is that we get to benefit now yep. from... God doing something for us. And so we shouldn't say, 
I can't believe that God, you would choose to save that person mm-hmm. because Jesus is the umbrella that covers all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why we read Jonah here. Well, yes. I would also add to that the whole point of, you know, Jonah was going to a group of people who were not, they were not good people and they weren't in the, the, the people of God. He's called to go to the Ninevites who were enemies of the people of God and to tell them that they have an opportunity to repent and that God will look favorably upon Mm -hmm. them. And Jonah is like, uh, nah, man, they bad people and they don't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. When we get to the time of Jesus, there's a lot of, of uh, Israelites who don't believe that the Gentiles, the Samaritans, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. deserve or should get Jesus. Oh, yeah. right. They should be saved, ushered in, opened up into the kingdom. But the whole point of Christ is to usher in that the kingdom is started with a group of people, the Israelites who are supposed to be the example to everyone else to point towards God. Now everyone is part of the family. Everyone mm-hmm. has the opportunity to be a part yeah. and nobody, mm-hmm. none of us uh, and Jonah could not dictate to God who got to be right. and who didn't yeah. get to be. Um, and I think that's the point in the end as well, that it's God, it's yeah. God who chooses, it's God who chooses all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not, it, we're all his, he doesn't right. discriminate against us. Right. He is, we are all his and he does, and he is the one that does the work for the yeah. salvation right. of us. And all we have to do is choose. Yeah, Choose him, believe him, that he is the one that does the work and he is a good God. Yeah. And that's part of that conversation that God has with Jonah. You didn't right. do any of this. I'm the one who wanted the Ninevites. I'm the one that sent you. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that determines who is worthy and who is unworthy. And I'm the one that creates and decreates. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're now, I think, sufficiently pointed towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Over mean, the we, next we, few weeks, we have yeah. a few more readings in the Old Testament, which yeah. are really good. Lots of oh, um, really good prophetic prophecy. readings yeah, that yes. oh, are going to be really next. good. Again, that's why the Old Testament's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I, I know the schedule of people who are going to be on the podcast coming up. And can I say that... <laughs> I can guarantee that we're going to have some really good conversations oh, about yeah. the prophecies uh-huh. that are coming up. Uh, so I'm really excited about what's on the horizon and the upcoming episodes. Really looking at the schedule for all of the guests for the rest of this season, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be fantastic. We've, we've got some more uh, voices that are going to show up that you're familiar with, we've got some new voices that are going to come and join the podcast. Yes. uh, Some really good ones. Some that if you are a person connected to Trinity, you hopefully will recognize these people. So there, there's some really good surprises Mm -hmm. in store for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not just about the scripture, but but getting to hear from Mm -hmm. some more people, different voices, different voices, yeah. new ideas, new perspectives on some of this. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about where we're headed with this next week. We've got Psalms about a savior. Mm. If you like the Psalms, that one's going to be for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I admit I've already read through the, the Psalms uh-huh. 
and they're they're good. Mm-hmm. We've got some some really good passages coming up next week, and I know you're going to enjoy them. Uh, and I just I can't wait to to continue this conversation. Yeah, around this is the good table. stuff. Yeah. So with that, I guess we're pretty much wrapping up mm-hmm. this episode. As always, go ahead and subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Uh, if you're on YouTube, click the bell, mm-hmm. do the like thing, ask us. Uh, yes, ask your questions. Yes. yes. Send your questions. Ask going deeper at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That way, whenever we do a live Q&A session. I don't know about that. I'm oh. so excited about that. Uh, I'm so excited nervous. about it. Yeah. Our first live Q&A session, we want to have questions to answer but we also <clears throat> we also want to give you guys enough uh, notice mm-hmm. that when we go live for this Q&A session you can be in the comments asking us the stump Doug stump Chris stump Becky questions don't stump me or Marie no <laughs> we don't do well under pressure we're, we're, we're the ones without the seminary degrees right. so <laughs> Be kind to us. My answer will just be Jesus. I'll just fall back on the good. For these readings, that is such an appropriate answer. (laughs) See, see, I'll be fine. So at that, as always, thanks for listening. And I can't wait to see y'all again next time.